graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. Deviants, welcome to show. I am the Clinteris, and I am here with Zagooch. What up, you freaks and geeks? It's your boy, the Devo Slack, and we are the Social Deviants, who are here today to talk about a legendary film in the science fiction genre and that film stars none other than the one of the most baddest ass motherfuckers to ever grace the screen Harrison Ford and that film is Blade Runner directed by Oh you a Blade Runner a Blade oh, Runner they say you Blade Runner <laughs> Oh we say you Blade Runner <laughs> uh, directed by Ridley Scott a legend in his own right uh, this film was Released this on was his first movie, right? Ridley Scott? I think Aliens yeah. Ridley Scott's? Aliens before this, for sure. Alien, yeah, Alien was before this, for sure. Alien was this was, before, okay, I thought this was his was first American movie, apparently. That's what I was reading. Uh, yeah. He had one movie but, before I mean, Alien. USA, USA. Called The Duelists. And then he had Alien, then he had Blade Runner, and then he did Legend. Yeah. Oh, no. he, oh, he did Legend? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's funny. With Mia, with, with the with the gorgeous Mia Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> and and the horny Tim Curry. <laughs> Tim Curry. And this movie was released on June twenty fifth, nineteen eighty two. So we were little little babies still. And yeah. the film was uh, made for uh, thirty million dollars, and it generated thirty two point nine million at the box office. So probably not a box office hit commercial success well i mean among its from from what i from what i understand that it was a total bust yeah like it was a total bust at release and then uh, it became a cult hit throughout the 80s and 90s right and uh that's why this subsequent um the sequel came out yeah, but yeah, it was it was a bust at the box office. Yeah, I think it's kind of like like Fight Club. Like people remember it as being this legendary film, and it's uh you know it's lived on, and everyone's like, oh, Fight Club's one of my favorite films of all time. But at the time when it came out, it was a huge flop. And it I was a that, flop. Yeah. yeah, I think Blade Runner's the same thing. Is that yeah. it was a flop, but over time it it grew the cult following, like Gooch said, and it became a staple. Like it's one of those movies where. If you're going to break down the greatest science fiction movies of all time, this movie probably would gets mentioned in that group of films. It's got yeah, it's got to be high up there, right? Like top five, maybe. It's not going to be top five on my list, but in terms of the public, oh, I don't know about top. I, I, I don't yeah, be. It would have to be like hardcore, maybe uh, like science fiction. I don't. We don't care about anybody else's thoughts. We the, only the, care the about public, our thoughts. I, I don't think the public would. I mean, they've said that they don't like it. And they even like so. I, I looked up. I looked up the new one, right? The new one had the same problem. People that love Blade Runner love the new movie, mm. but like the the general public, I mean, it's it's too intellectual for the general public, dude. That's well, I the think problem. another thing, and and I'm sure we're gonna talk about this later on, but I think another thing that might have caused some issues is that there's just so many different versions of the movie that. Well, no, you, it, the original well, cut is well, the one that the, didn't do well. Right, but at the same time, like as it grew, I mean, well, I take that back because even the, the 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 different cuts don't happen until mid two thousands. Oh yeah, it, like um, even like the original like VHS recordings were like this the cinematic release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, this is one of those films that, it, it, like you mentioned, Devo, the new movie 
if you were a fan of Blade Runner, you really liked the movie. And if you were not a fan of the original Blade Runner, you just didn't get it. And personally, no. I thought that the new Blade Runner was so good. I thought I think it's actually better than this movie. Um, I love Blade Runner, and I have yet to see the new movie. Yeah, me oh, too. I, you, you guys I both should watch see it. Movie. It's yeah, yeah, I should watch I have, it. I have it. I just haven't watched it. Yet. Like it's, yeah. it's I think like I said, I think it's better than this movie. But let's wow. not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, okay. Let's let's talk about this particular one and. One of the things that is interesting about this particular film is that if you rewatch it, and I don't know if this is actually in the original cut or the director's cut, or it's just in the finals cut, uh, because sometimes movies do these things where they're trying to be a little bit more uh, ambiguous as to the timeline of what's happening. But this film, and maybe you guys would know this, but this film actually in the very beginning of the film, I watched the final cut version. I think you guys said that you had recently We'd, as well. We, we did too. Cut, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... And I think that's the one that got released on 4K Blu-ray. I watched it in 4K. Um, and that is Ridley Scott's like definitive version too. Okay. That sounds... Well, awesome. And in the very beginning of the film, it says that this plate that the film takes place in Los Angeles in November 2019. And right now yeah. it is November... Excuse me. November 9th, 2019. Yeah. So, and and I, I even have my notes here. LA 2019 on fire because the... the, 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 the camera going over the city like there's just nothing but flames all over the city i'm like that's accurate <laughs> yeah in a metaphorical way in an unintended metaphorical way it really is accurate the interesting thing though is devo i know you live in southern california um so and, Cal bitch. and one of the things that i found striking was that a lot of the film takes place during not only a rain not only a rainstorm but many scenes where there's torrential downpour and I don't know if this film is trying to make a, a statement about global warming or some sort of uh, climate change, but I don't remember ever being in California or Southern California. We live in Northern California, even in Northern California, where it probably rains more often than Southern California. I don't ever remember there being a rainstorm where there was torrential downpour as early as November. Usually that's a January, February type thing. But at the same time, this movie takes what? place over a span of two days maybe maybe three yeah yeah and it's not unheard of even in any you know any uh, you know weather aspect is we can have rain for a couple of days so yeah um i honestly didn't i just i just assumed it was a rainy day in la yeah the problem for me was is that it made the film feel extremely unlike los angeles it doesn't feel like la at all it feels well, it's I don't think the rain would do that. I think it would be the fact that like there's the 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 fusion of the American Asian empires. And one thing that I've noticed is that like there are different segmentations in the city. So like um, when you first come in to uh, Blade Runner, uh, Deckard's having his noodles in like the China quarter or whatever right when he's in his apartment his elevator says donka to him so i'm assuming that maybe he's in like some german uh or you know uh european sector of la and then at one point there's a japanese sector i think that's where the um tyrell corporation is so i think the city is broken up into these different um uh, quadrants and or you know different uh uh areas Enclaves. i actually so I, I, I actually you think know. it was the opposite. Of that. I think I, the bit in the seventies and late, in like the late seventies, the bit in the early eighties, there was this whole thing. It was like the United States is becoming a melting pot of cultures, and uh, I think they were trying to do that with 
the amount of different types of people that you see everywhere. I mean, there you see all sorts of types of people there. I mean, there was like, there was the Asian people, there was some Arab people, there was obviously some, yeah. there was some guys that spoke like they were in the Brooklyn accent, accent for some reason and they were in LA. So it was like, I think it would, they, they're trying to show that LA became this huge melting pot in that sense. Now, okay, as, I- as for the rain, I think since it's actually it's a it's a tech noir it's an it's a noir movie with sci with in, in a sci-fi world and it was meant to show the gloominess of the main character. Yeah, and, and I, I think, think you might be right was. about that, Lucho, because uh, I I was reading that in the original script the idea was for L.A. to be more of a San Angeles sort of aspect where right. it was supposed to be the combination of San Francisco and LA. Oh, damn, um, that's a huge, that'd be a huge metropolis. Which, which apparently they did in Dem- uh, Demolition Man. Oh, right. Well, so. that one, that there, that one was, it was, it wasn't the, the whole Bay Area. It was San Diego, La, uh, Los Angeles, and then Las Vegas. So it's like that, there was that lower area, I believe. Mm, if gotcha, that was gotcha. the metropolis of San, whatever. The metropolis. Yeah. But for, as for the global warming aspect of it, I mean, they do, uh, they do kind of uh, uh, allude to living on Earth being like a lower type of class of living. Yes, they yes. do allude to that. So uh, what you're saying, Clint, might be true. It's kind of like oh, global warming, blah 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 blah. But I think in a sense of a more of a industrial economic sense of what like Earth being a overpopulated mess. So I, 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 that you know, global warming might be part of it, obviously, but I think that's what more than more to it too than anything. Yep. Yeah, and I think one of the things that you mentioned earlier, Devo, was that there's these sort of ethnic enclaves within LA, and obviously, I think that there are some in the Los Angeles area, but I think it's not as quite as distinct or as diverse as it is in New York, and I think that's one of the things that. Well, it's like. Me. It, uh, in every city, you're going to have your Chinatowns, your Korean towns, your little mm-hmm. Italy's, things like that. I yep. think, I, th- for me personally, what I got from the movie is that they have these, but they are larger, and you know, it's, they overlap it's, more. They, I would say they over, yes, they overlap yeah. more. So, um, I, but again, that could just be the whole giant melty pop aspect yeah. of it. You know, it's it's it, you're not just in L.A. of the United States of America. The rest of the world makes up L.A. Yeah. The film like the setting we're talking a lot about the setting right now and i think one of the things that struck me about the setting was how grimy and how dirty and how much trash and garbage was laying around and it really seemed like not to mention the layered like the layeredness of the of the environments like the higher up you go type of thing the more the more opportunity people have like rich people have to live there so it's going to be obviously dirtier at the at the ground mm. level type of thing. I don't think they play it off nearly as much in this film as like they do in a film like Fifth Element or something per se, uh, which I which I think we'll get into later. But I think Fifth Element is ripped this movie off extremely uh, significantly. But it, rip is maybe a, a bit too strong of a word, but you know what I mean. Um, was influenced by should I say? But the debris, the rain, the filth, how every run down everything is. Um, I feel like there's something about that in this film that's sort of unheard of in a modern film. I don't think any modern film has quite captured it the way that this film does, including the Blade Runner 20, 2049. I mean, I, uh, in the whole thing about, you know, the like Liga starting to make instead of making uh, uh, cities wide, they go up. Right. Yeah. And the whole thing about that is it's not a new it's not a new 
concept. Concept. I mean, they did it back in medieval time where like they would build build up and like the bridge people would live up above all the filth. So it's it's actually something very very old. That's why well, isn't see that how they do it in China and, and, and Japan now? Exactly. So, but I mean, in the, in this in the sense that Clint's trying to get that is that how. Like, you know, the rich people live right on top and like the bottom is always this grimy, mm. like almost sewer like, you know, uh, this uh, uh, area of the town, which is it's just but people still live there. Right. And yeah. uh, they do it in other films. I think Elysium. Uh, like Elysium, they do it in Elysium. They did a great job in Elysium, I think. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, what is it called? Um, uh, Battle Angel Alita is another another aspect. That's pretty much what oh, Elysium yeah. is. Right. Yeah. Uh, they did it in what Demolition Man with yep. the you know the with the with the people they they took it to a whole another level they actually made them they actually made them live in the sewer yeah so yeah. I mean it's the same type of thing where the where, where like the rich and the affluent or the people that are in control live higher up out of the out of the you know the cloud of the human scum that ev- everyday people are compared to them uh, fucking human scum <laughs> but I don't think they ever I don't think any of these other other uh, Sci-fi. They might have obviously got inspiration from Blade Runner. Blade Runner is a huge inspiration for people. Yeah, but I, that whole aspect of it, I don't think, is ripped off or even inspired by them. Um, just because there's a historical, uh, uh, you know, account of it, of how you know rich people love to get out of the be far away. I would say, and if there's no if there's no land to expand, you have to go up. Yep, I'd agree with that. So in this film, they're obviously taking place November 2019, and the film is depicting an area of the world that is um, complete is not nearly look. It doesn't look nearly the same in real life as it oh. does in this film. And yeah. obviously, it's 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 difficult to go back 40 years and criticize some film for not predicting the future correctly because that's kind of what futurism is about is just sort of predicting the future in a way that may or may not be realistic and i think um you know some some films like minority report sort of had a more accurate uh, idea of what that would be like where the world would essentially look the same it's just would have better mm-hmm. technology and this right. film is one of the films that really doesn't do that it sort of um goes to the goes to the next level of the actually the world itself the buildings itself sort of have this different look to them as though somehow mm-hmm. we're yeah. like re resurface the architecture of a of a city without there being some sort of catastrophe well, well did, did you notice um i mean coming to what you're saying did you notice that like like some of the buildings especially like the really high-tech ones like the tyrell building and some other other building they were very pyramid shaped like yeah so they went back to like you know uh it's like it's it's literally it's it's like a tech noir it's like so they it's a high-tech pyramid type thing and you know you had your obviously you had your high your skyscrapers and whatnot and they and like you're saying they were like it's totally out of this world type stuff you know it's it's very 70s tech like i was saying before i was talking to someone else but it's very 70s tech so i'm sorry like go ahead continue no i think that that's actually one of the things that i had written down was that the the buildings look like pyramids and even the interiors look like the type of interiors that you would see. I mean, we don't. I don't know for sure because I haven't been to Egypt or I haven't been inside yeah. like the the palace of a. Obviously, inside a pyramid is not a palace. There's like no. tombs, right? But it's tombs, yeah. But the idea being that a um, a pharaoh would live inside of a palace that looked very similar to Tyrell's. Uh, yeah, chambers. it was very palatial. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I think that there was obviously a theme there, a, a sort of mm. uh, a look that they would look that where they were trying to get at. 
Um, and, yeah. I, and I think it's, I don't know, maybe there's a metaphor there about how, you know, the Egyptians have this technology that we weren't really, we don't really understand completely. And this movie showing us technology that we also don't understand. So. I mean, maybe, but I, I think one of my issues is with a lot of these early eighties, uh, even nineties sci-fi movies in, uh, the technology, it's basically what they have then, but you could just do more with it, you know, like like the CTR uh, CRT screens. It's not like nobody's really predicting uh, clearer images, but yet, you know, Decker could be like, hey, um, go to quadrant 45 to 89 and, zoom <laughs> in, and then pan to the right. And like he's able to like in this 2D picture, like have 3D movement within it and find this chick that's passed out on the floor and then see her tattoo on her face. I mean, I don't um, even think they could do that today, like lo- without losing no, pixelation. Yeah, without no, losing pixelation. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then like, and then here we are in 2019. Where is my fucking flying car? <laughs> and, 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 and I, I Damn it, where's my Nexus 6 sex robot, damn it? Yes, I need that Daryl Hannah pleasure bot. Although I would have gotten, uh, you know, uh, Sean Young. Joanna Cassidy? No, uh, no, no, Sean Young. Ooh, give me that Joanna Cassidy. Uh, no, I'll take Sean Young, man. You can have the only Joanna Cassidy. Anyways, sorry about that. No, she I, might have I, been one of the first set of boobs I've seen. <laughs> Mine was Valerian Conan. Hmm. No, I don't even know. I don't even remember what my first ones were. Um, uh, maybe actually, you know what? I think I do. It was Vanity in Action Jackson. Oh damn! Oh, those are nice. Oh, yeah. yeah that was. That, I think that was the first ones I saw. Uh, the funny thing was, okay, so you talked about the. Let's, let's get into the tech now, because Devo, you brought it up. Okay. So well, one of the, brought things, up the sex robot. Well. <laughs> That's a different type of tech. Tech. Let's go uh, to tech. Let's not. The, let's not get uh, not ahead tip. of ourselves. Not, yeah, the, not tip. The, t- the tech. Not the tip. The when he was looking at that image on the tube TV, which was preposterous. Now, when you think about what people would be using, and the foot type of footprint that even the technology we have now is, um, and I, one of the things that I thought was interesting about how he was examining that image was that he could actually see beyond what the image showed. I don't know if you yeah, yeah, guys caught that. He was like, no, that's turning a, the perspective in the room yeah, that's, to see what was behind something that was being exa- exactly. That yeah, somehow that, that, that image had uh, that. Like somehow uh, the image had that information in it. So, but it was just a piece of paper. So it seemed kind of uh, strange. Um, and then the thing that made me laugh was that it spat out a Polaroid. And the Polaroid was garbage quality. Yeah, and it wasn't even the you, same. It wasn't even the same angle that he was looking at on the TV. You, you couldn't tell who the hell a person was, dude. I was like, I, I looked. I was like, dude, well, this is I, ridiculous. But I, but I think that's the thing is he couldn't make out the facial features, but he could see she had the tattoo on the face. Yeah, I think that's what she, he was looking for. And then, and then when, <laughs> when he goes to that strip club and he's like talking, he's like, "Hey, I'm this guy from this uh, uh, commission, <laughs> yeah. and you know, I just want to check for holes for peeping toms like that." Oh, God, I was like, I was trying not to laugh because was so was good, asleep, but I was just sitting there just busting up. Yeah. Did and then I don't know if you got that scene when it's great that you mentioned that Devo because that scene she's like getting naked, cha- showering, changing, yes. and then she yes. there's one thing that happens that I thought was preposterous. She is like com- just got out of the shower. Her hair is completely wet. She puts her hair, puts her head inside that blow dryer, and when her hair gets, yeah. and when she gets out of it, her hair is the perfect seventies haircut. Like yeah. it's, it's all done up and blow dry. Yeah. I was like, this is the that, future. That, you can, you can, you can get angles in 
in in still images. Of course, you can get a perfect haircut. By the way, I thought that, from- I've always thought that that was one of the sexiest scenes in cinema. I don't know why. Her sticking her head into that thing and just like it's yeah. blow drying and she comes out and she's like perfectly sexy. I, you know, I don't know why. I've always thought that was a great scene. And I, I have my notes here. Joanna yeah. Cassidy is just nothing but exclamation points. Yeah. Like yeah. she was like, uh, well, you know, th- just that particular in, scene though. Yeah, the one with yeah, her hair. But, uh, did you see her bra she that she put yeah. on? Like that weird bra that like it, snapped onto her back or something. Dude, it's bra, baby. That's her battle bra. Okay, she remember she's an assassin bra. bot. Okay, okay. She Fair was enough. an assassin bot. The the what's she her face? Pris. The, the Pris was, was a sex, sex bot. bot. Yeah, yeah, Pris was a sex bot. The dumb dude was the laborer, and then the other guy was like the super soldier. Yeah. So. Yeah. Roy okay. Batty. Uh, I'm just saying. Okay. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. She had like a thong on and shit, dude. It's like an armored thong. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't a thong. She had and, and I have a note here, like when, when, or when whatever, getting, uh, she, like uh, the armored underwear, fine, or like a yeah. bikini. Yeah. And I, dude, did you notice it when when she's getting chased down by Deckard, and then he pulls out the gun, and he's blasting her from behind. He blasts her through the right twi- titty twice. Yeah. And yeah, uh-huh. and then the, he blasts her, then it's gone, and then he blasts her again, and it's there again. It's an yeah. anachronism. And then, whatever. And then, when, they, and then when they turn her her dead body over, it's like one on each tit. Yeah. It's like, dude, why you gotta blast your titties? Because that's where they that's where they have their power. Oh, that's where the power core that's where is. The power core. Oh. And she when when they blast so when her, she, she like recharge. She just like rubs it. <laughs> Probably, or have the labor guy like suck it. She got to plug it in from her vag. The vag. <laughs> All right. What was the question, Clint? Uh, we, <laughs> I'm just letting you guys go. Uh, y- when she got shot, she bled red. So there's obviously some sort of liquid coming out of her. I don't know if it's considered blood. I, I was wondering, did you guys think that they were organic, but just not human because they weren't born? I mean, they're obviously genetically engineered. Well, I mean, the whole thing is that they're supposed to be so human. They're more human than human. That's what that's that yes. was the Tyrell thing. Uh, Tyrell yeah. tried to do right. So I'm sh- I'm assuming. That their their body is like a human body, but like maybe not the skeleton or the internals and the memory and stuff like that. So they're they they're like a they're cyborgs, right? Yeah. Well, they're androids. They're android. They're and they're full androids. So they're they're like robots, but with like human skin, or even more yes. so than uh, the Terminator. Because they're but like then, the guy the guy with the eyes. Like they like actually like genetically engineer their eyes to look like regular human eyes. But yeah. they, but they're so. not metal inside though at all. I, I mean, they have to. They, they have. They, they never explored it. I don't they, they never well, exactly. Well, I'm I mean, asking. She got blown. She got blown through easily. The uh, Daryl Hannah her. got killed easily, and well, I mean, they were bleeding red. Uh, true. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, other than the other than Rutger Howard, he's probably the only one that actually has a battle body type thing. And, yeah, he, and, and it, he, it, he didn't kill him. He, he had to wait until he died on his own. Yeah, well, he couldn't get close it, to kill that him. That was though. yeah, uh, that was crazy. He couldn't um, even shoot him. That, well, you couldn't even shoot him. He was the guy was like super fast. Yeah, Devo. I think one thing with these guys is, or with the with the androids is that they, um, um, I think that their bodies are built to be human, but everything inside of them is artificial. Because mm. even that JF, um, whatever guy, he's like, I'm the genetic engineer or yeah. I'm the genetic designer, and so when they're creating them to be like humans. Um, and I think that's the, the, the whole thing about these, and, and maybe it's just the Nexus 6, because um, 
do they say that uh, Sean Young was a Nexus Six, or do they? She's yeah. a prototype. Talk about what model she was. They said she was a prototype. She's like a prototype. She's like a more advanced okay. Nexus, Nexus. Yeah, because so she doesn't. They gave her memories. So for for all we know, other replicants, uh, they could probably look less human. They could have metal parts. Um, but these ones that look so perfectly human, um, you know, my thought is that inside out, they all have whatever artificial human organism. So they're supposed to act human, but obviously like their bone can be of whatever, maybe some plastic polyurethane, whatever stuff that's super strong, which is why, you know, Roy Batty is able to, you know, put his hand through walls and stuff like that. Um, and obviously they don't have any pain receptors, which is kind of silly because they can put their hand in boiling hot water, but they can get shot and they can scream in pain. I mean, it would come down to what like the source material says about it. I'm, I don't. I mean, I've never read the book, which is what uh, those who dream of electric sheep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, it would come down to what it says there. Uh, but for me, I mean, I, I like. I agree with Devo. I mean, it's they've have to. It's like they're like flesh, right? Outside, maybe some musculatures might be might be flesh too. Um, but in, inside, it has to be. There has to be some sort of. Metallic type of like skeletal or something, you know. Maybe yeah. So, but um, but like yeah, you're right. They didn't explore. Obviously, they didn't have the 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 tech in the seventies to show it, or in eighty two, uh, to show it in any any uh, plausible way other than like in like in Terminator where it's like the, he's like looking in the mirror and it's obviously like a puppet. So, and I, don't, I mean in eighty two probably didn't have the same thing, but um. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it has. It, I mean, obviously, says they're like they're genetic engineered somehow. Yeah, I mean, I, so. I, I wouldn't expect them to be like Terminators, like a metal robot underneath. No, no, I don't expect uh, them to be that. Again, yeah. I, I think they would have a you know a skeleton, uh, but rather it being actual bone. It's just some super strong, right, artificial right. material, like some synthetic thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and um, they'll probably they'll probably have like reproductive organs and stuff because they eat. You know, I don't know if they have to eat, but they eat, and so um, you know, obviously. They got to do something with all that food. So I'm assuming they shit and piss and all that stuff, too. <laughs> I, I she's a pleasure bot. She's a pleasure bot. So, you know, she's got to do something with all that jizz. It gets pumped inside of her. <laughs> all right. Claire, what were you going to say? Um, I, <laughs> I think that Did we break Clint. <laughs> you left him speechless. <laughs> Um, I think that I don't think I personally I think that they're completely organic. I think they're just simply genetically engineered human beings that are super strong and super fast. Uh, and the reason why, and at least some of them, and the reason why I think that is, yeah. and maybe even maybe not all of them, but at least Sean Young probably. Uh, and I think the reason is is because I, I don't. Uh, spoiler alert! I don't know if anyone saw 20, Blade Runner twenty forty nine or. Obviously, you guys haven't, but I have to say this because it would make sense a little. It'll make a little bit more sense is that uh, Sean Young and Harrison Ford end up having a child. Yeah. Oh, damn. And so she has to be some she has to technically not be human because she wasn't born. But she has to be physically, organically, physiologically capable of reproducing, I'm assuming some way, somehow. And I don't think that I think part of the thing is is that I don't know if Tyrell is entirely sure the nature of Sean Young's like what she is, what mm. her abilities are, mm. and I and I think that's kind of I think they kind of play this off a little bit more in tw- Blade Runner twenty forty nine like like they genetically engineer them, but they're not like 
you know, they're not like they can't control everything about them. And I think one of the things right, that right. is is kind of um, interesting about that is that they mention the story. They mention they tell the story of why the why there's six um, Nexus sixes out there, and this is kind of the crux of the plot that essentially six of them got loose, came to Earth, which is illegal, and uh, we'll get into the politics in a little bit here. But they came to Earth, which is illegal, and uh, Harrison Ford has to kill them. And he's he, people that go kill these uh, these replicants are the Blade Runner, the Blade Runners, and they say you say you Blade Runner, and he says that they though that particular uh, model, the Nexus Six, uh, was able to develop emotions, and eventually they knew that they would develop emotions that would be, you know, emotions of love, hate, anger, loss, depression, these types of things. And because that these because these beings were super strong and fairly smart, uh, maybe they're intelligent. They said their intellect rivaled that of humans. Um, they would be very dangerous, and they would not. They would never die. So they built in a failsafe, a four year life span, a four year lifespan for them. And one of the things that I thought when I was listening to this, and I was thinking like. Like, are you kidding me? Like, why would you make something that was so fucking powerful that it could destroy humans easily, was as smart as us, and the only thing that you did to combat them was make sure that they only lived four fucking years? Like, maybe you just shouldn't make it then. And I thought to myself, okay, I mean, that's dumb as hell, personally, to do all that. But, I mean, they're either going to rebel or find a way to live longer. Like, it's one of those things that they mention, and I think in a bunch of other media, where life finds a way, so to th- so to speak, yeah. Yeah. and it, it will do whatever it has to do to to find a way to live on. And I think obviously that's one of the things that they're playing on here. But my one of my question to you guys, and I definitely want to talk about that. Uh, so definitely please answer that, fellas. But one of the things I wanted to ask was why even make them at that point? Like I obviously so, know that it's. I think Tyrell said it's because of commerce he said essentially money and maybe because they can you know human beings want to make shit just because they can but but damn it sounds terrible it sounds super super dangerous right so that's that's the whole thing right is that is is the replicants were built as a slave labor yeah and that's big business obviously tyrell is the kind of guy that has profited greatly from this business and so he wants to make a bigger better product it's like going from the very first iphone to the iphone 11 Mm -hmm. you know uh the first iphone you could barely talk to it and it could do something now this thing is listening in on you and it's going to feed you um uh ads based on what we're talking about right now so you you know you go on facebook or something else you go on google plus you're going to start getting ads based around probably sex robots maybe some sex dolls Mm -hmm. things like that um and and but again you know that's that's commerce that's that's business so making a bigger better product is always the the um the goal because once you can finally perfect it then you can put it to market and you can profit greatly um and because these were most likely the first models the this could have been a test run um and knowing that the technology that they've planted in these androids we're going to cause this emotional thing. Um, maybe, and again, they didn't go too deep into it, but maybe it was just a side effect they couldn't get away from. Maybe it was just something that the AI just became self-aware, like Skynet. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, the only way 
we can get past this. We can't we can't program it out. The only way we can stop this and save ourselves is by having that four year lifespan. Um, you know, and because well, well, even then, when when Roy goes to Tyrell and he's like, "I need you to heal me," the Tyrell's like, "There's nothing I can do. Yeah. You're 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 basically fucked." Well, I mean, the reason why they're illegal on on Earth is because like the first Nexus Sixes did exactly that. There was like a robot mutiny and it killed a bunch of fucking people. So what they had to do is they had to put this failsafe in and made them illegal on, on Earth. That's why they can only be off planet. And back to like the whole thing about them being slayers. See, I understand making us a, a better soldier and not having to waste humans, right? I mean, I understand uh, uh, Rucker Howard's character. I understand the assassin bot. I understand the sex bot. When I never, when I, I just realized, I don't understand why would you need a a worker bot when even in the seventies people were using bigger machines by with one user that could. It, it's this. He said they could move four hundred pounds. Four hundred pounds? Who fucking gives a fuck? Four hundred pounds is nothing when dealing with huge amounts of weight, right? Why? Would, I mean, it's a lot easier to have one big machine controlled by one by one person than like having a, a million bots trying to make a hole. I, I thought it was so stupid. I'm like, you don't need this guy. You know, the, the worker guy was was the useless one. That's the one I didn't understand. Now, now that I now that I'm older and I rewatched it, right? And uh, and that's my thing about the bots. The other three I understand, but not that one. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're gonna make them slaves, why give them emotions at all? I mean, maybe that's something that was unavoidable considering the I, fact that they were genetically engineering humans. Yeah, I think it was unavoidable. I mean, I mean, and the problem was is that you're giving these, you know, you're giving these beings a brain, a fully functional brain, a fully functional body, and then they were growing emotions they couldn't understand. I mean, it takes us, you know, our, our ch- ch- you know, it takes us all through you know, our, 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 our little, you know, our kid years to being adults, even adult as an adult, you don't understand these damn emotions that we have, right? Imagine having these bots that. That, you know, that all of a sudden they're they're alive and they have all these, you know, all these being for first of all, they're being forced to work for some other some fucking some slob. Probably it'd be like me having the fucking thing and <laughs> the, the, the things and they're like, why are we doing this? And now I know I'm feeling this shit. Now, you know what? We have all these powers to just kill people. That, but I agree. I, it's, it has to be like a side effect of the uh, genetic engineering. <laughs> we have all these powers. Let's just kill people. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> And you know what's good? You're you're really getting at this point that I want that I want to talk about next is that the prologue of the film mentions it's a most of it is about politics, yeah, and it's about the politics of of the circumstances of the film with which we're going to see, and it's that they're framing the uh, the Blade Runners what they do as like retirement, and you know, and not execution. But I find it extremely yeah. poignant that they mention that that they don't just say it's retirement that they say it's retirement and not execution as though the mm. storytellers are trying to get, get clue us into the idea that there are some there is a point of view maybe they don't really go into that there's advocacy groups against replicants or for replicants in this in this mm-hmm. particular film which would have been an interesting aspect of it but nevertheless one of the things that they do is they plant that seed to say maybe some people would view what the Blade Runners do as execution. And even though Harrison Ford's the main character and he's the one that carries out these executions because he's basically just killing people. Um, yeah. And obviously the 
the robots or the replicants are killing people too, uh, but they're they're desperate. They're trying to survive. And I think this is one of the things that Rutger Hauer mentions. It's one of the things that Daryl Hannah mentions is how does it feel to be scared? How does it feel mm-hmm. to live in fear? And I think it there's some sort of sentiment that suggests that maybe these people are, maybe these robots are not just robots. Maybe they actually are people and maybe that what what they are is actually genetically engineered humans and it's the tyrell corporation that has framed them as replicants as these robots when in reality they're basically just as physically organically human as you and i so uh i don't know if you picked up on it in the movie but i know that they've they've kind of touched upon this on you know like websites and you've on the wikipedia and stuff but there's an underlying question throughout the movie as to whether or not um, uh, Deckard is a replicant. Yeah. yeah, she asks him in the very beginning, yeah. "Have you done it on yourself?" Yeah, and I do it on myself all the time. But um, <laughs> and it's actually it's interesting you mentioned that Devo because that's one of the cruxes of the Blade Runner twenty nineteen film, and I think it's very interesting that you bring that up because I never thought about that before when I was watching the the second film. But now that I now that you mentioned that, I could see why some of the things that happen in the second film happen precisely because that question has been asked. In the first film, yeah. by Sean Young, because even you know, obviously she asked that, and then even at the end when um, Roy dies and Edward James almost um, the most Asian Latino in, in Los Angeles, I don't um, know. He, it's ridiculous. <laughs> he he uh, he comes up at the end and he says, "You've done a man's work." Uh, and so like that little hint right there is kind of yeah, yeah, it's like kind of weird. Um, and then there's, ah, I didn't write that down, but there was something else at the end too that was like, okay, well, like, why would you say it like that, you know? Mm. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's, I mean, this idea that uh, Ryan Gosling's character is a is a replicant in Blade Runner twenty four forty nine. I'm not really ruining anything because they, it's really clear early on that he is. So it's not like okay. some reveal at the end. And I think that's one of the interesting things is that he is sort of trying to investigate and snuff out essentially his own kind, so to speak. And like you said, Devo, if indeed Deckard is a replicant and he's the one that's going around stuffing out his own kind, I think one of the interesting things is is that in the very beginning of the film, Sean Young doesn't know that she is. And it's through the course of the film, her realizing that she sort of does. And if you look at Harrison Ford and the things that he says and does, if he is a replicant, it makes a hell of a lot more sense. The things that he says with her, the things that he does with her, the way he acts towards her, trying to help her feel her emotions, the ones that she is just, you know, initially learning for the first time because she's finally getting thrust into a situation in which they would arise. So I find that that, that's quite interesting. Um, But I think one of the Mm -hmm. things that the film does is make you question this. And I think even more so Mm -hmm. in the second film, it makes you question this idea is if they look like us if they are physically like us, but they don't actually get born in the same way we do, are they still us or are they not? And if they are, or are they not, is it okay for us to treat them like they're human or is it not okay for us to treat them like they're human? And and if so, can we kill them and so forth and all these questions. And I think that's one of the things that the film was asking early on. I was curious what you guys thoughts were beyond just what we had already discussed. Um, I mean, if, I mean, I mean, I don't ever say. I don't think they ever actually call them androids, right? They just call them replicants. If I yeah, if, yeah, they're so they're replicas. I'm, in the in in the in the book, they're never referred to as replicants. They're all androids. Or uh, Andes, but okay. In the movie, they are replicants. Uh, replicants. Oh, okay, so there's the there's a bit of difference there. Okay, okay. Um, 
I, I don't know. It's I mean, like like anything, I agree with you guys. I think it's just the it's the Tyrell Corporation trying to separate them from like they need to dehumanize them. So people don't feel yeah. bad exploiting them. I think that's the whole thing. And then there's had to impart in the in the in the Blade Runner history where there was some uproar about what are we doing to these beings or whatever. Is it correct? I mean, they obviously have some sort of sentience, right? Yeah. And um, and then I'm sure the Tyrell and the government and all this corruption stamped that out quick. You know, saying that they're they are products. There's a, they have a certain lifespan. They are not human. So we don't need to say we kill them, you know, retire them. I think that's I think that was their yeah. uh, their plan. A political uh yeah, yeah. propaganda framing. Oh yeah, it, definitely propagandizing oh, yeah. it. The and then one of the interesting things is that if we talk about Deckard as a as a replicant in some way and he falls in love with Sean Leung, she falls in love with him, even even though I think it was executed extremely poorly in this film. But that idea you also see that with Daryl Hannah and Rucker Howard's characters, where I, I, I'm a, essentially they're in love, I'm guessing, and he, you can see after she is killed that he feels extreme remorse and pain and anguish. Well, he, he cries. He cries. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He cries. And he, yeah. And, and it, it's one of the things that sort of fundamentally defines one of defines his character is that that's the thing that drives him is to live longer. Why? Because. What what would be the motivation to live longer? Like we mentioned this in Terminator before, Arnold didn't have any motivation to live longer. He just simply no. had a goal, and uh-huh. then part of his goal was actually to not be there because he yeah. knew that if he was going to save John Connor, he actually needed to not exist. And so mm-hmm. these creatures had a different motivation. They wanted to stay alive. They were in love with each other. They wanted to spend their lives with each other. Whatever it is, and I just think that if that's the case, that. One of that's I think this is what one of the movie is trying to tell us. Mm. These these beings are well, not I mean, just he, he, robots. I mean, he, they, I mean, they said exactly. I, I agree. I mean, if it, they, like wait, like so in the book that they're Android, in this one they're replicants. So, but like, um, I mean, it said that they had they they learn how to form emotions, right? So then, I mean, obviously he shows love towards a pris a pris shows love for Rutger Hauer's character, and mm-hmm. vice versa. And when. I forgot what Rooker character's name is. I don't remember his name. Roy Batty. Oh, Roy, Roy. So Roy um, tells the other dude that uh, the other chick got killed. That fool was beside himself with grief. Oh, he was. That's why, Leon. He, like, when he Leon, Leon, yes, Leon. When he when he told Leon that that you know they had lost uh, Zora, I think her name was. Or no, Le- Le- Leon watched that. Well, he he, he, not only he yeah, watched he, that too, he saw he, it. He watched he, it, and, and, he came and, after and then he attacked Decker. Yeah, yeah, he was fucking pissed. He was gonna kill him. So if Sean Young didn't blow his head off, was Harrison Ford was gonna die. Uh, yeah, Rutger yeah. Howard told Pris that they lost Leon. Oh, true, like, true, that's true. Where's Leon? Yeah, that's true. And yeah. She was crushed too. Yeah, she was. So the um, now one of the things that I found interesting is that they show the replicants with their eyes like lit up. Uh, they show this with Sean Young many times. They show this with the owl. Yeah. They show this with Rutger yeah. Hauer. And I was wondering if that something that human beings can see or only the audience can see to give us to like creep us out or something. Because I don't understand how that could be. I don't even understand why that would be a thing if you're trying to make these creatures indistinguishable between humans and whatever it would be easy to just look in them in the eye and know they're replicant because even when even when Harrison Ford was giving Sean Young the fucking 
the questionnaire, she, you could see it. So why didn't he just see that and say, okay, she's a replicant instead of asking her a hundred questions? I think yeah, it's something I, the, the audience can see. Yeah, I think yeah. that's more of a storytelling device yeah. because um, you see that in the owl and you see it in all the replicants. Um, uh, one thing that I thought was kind of interesting is it's funny that you bring this up is uh, when Pris first goes to JF's uh, house and there's all those toys there. Um, there's a scene where JF is like kind of like passed out, and then uh, it's right after she paints her like her entire body white, and she's got the you know black stuff all over her eyes. She walks in that room. And there's that little like toy that you know the the toy soldier with the giant nose. He's sitting there, but he's just like, hmm. and he like keeps staring at her, and like he keeps looking at JF. And it's like he looks nervous, and like I wonder if maybe the toys knew that she was a replicant, even though I don't think JF knew. It wasn't until Roy shows up that JF was like, okay, well, what model are you guys? Like at yeah. that point, he knew. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like he knew from the from the get go. I, I think so. I think That's he knew from I the get go. Yeah. I do, but I could I be wrong. Too. But I actually feel like there's something about him because he was so, in, you know, um, it, it, you know, intricately involved in that process that he just knew somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe you're right, Devo. But that I, I felt, I felt the film played it off as though he always knew. I, I, I felt, I feel so. I think, I think he always knew. He was just playing dumb. Um, Fucking dummy. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about. Some let's talk about. I want to get into some plot stuff, but I do want to get into some of the actors real quick here. So we don't really need to talk about Harrison Ford. He's a fucking badass. Everyone loves him. I know you guys do. Legend. Too. And yeah, he's awesome. And he's the best actor in this movie, clearly. Uh, which is thankful for this film because you know he, he really carried the film. But I want to talk about uh, Sean Young. Let's just start off. I know Gucci mentioned mm-hmm. earlier that you would prefer her over any of the other ladies in this film, and I would as well. I think she looks particularly good in this film, especially when she lets her hair down. I, yeah. uh, I was watching this film with my girlfriend, and she told me that Sean Young was 23 years old when they filmed this, or when this film came yeah. out. Um, 82. Yeah. So I guess we have to do the obligatory FMK with Daryl Hannah, Sean Young, and who's the chick that was the uh, got blasted in the, in the titties? Zora? Yeah. Her name so is Joanna go. Cassidy. There Joanna Cassidy, baby. Let's go. Uh, I would marry Sean Young, uh, 23-year-old Sean Young in this film. Uh, I'd fuck Daryl Hannah and I'd, I'd kill Joanna Cassidy. Sorry, Joanna, if you're still alive. I, uh, I would marry Sean Young. I would yeah. F the... Uh, Pris the or the other one? The stripper. Oh, Pris. Okay, Pris is uh, Daryl Hannah's character. I no, 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 no. I would not touch Daryl Hannah with a. Oh, oh. So, oh, the you mean the assassin bot? The assassin bot. For the assassin. Sure. The assassin bot is Joanna Cassidy. Okay, all right. I would have right. her, and I would kill Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah's disgusting to me in this movie. She's revolting uh, to me, and she's frightening. The, Fuck. She, she's she, trying she, to kill fucking Harrison Ford. Just scare the shit out of me. No, you know, you know what? She looks. She looks. She looks really I was bad. Fully erect. There was a. There was an <laughs> angle. Like when she's walking, when they, when, uh, they, they, uh, what's his face is leading her, uh, into his house and she, there's like an angle on her, on her, on the camera and like her jaw is so square. <laughs> it looks like a freaking man. I'm like, I, I honestly, I was like, man, that's a square freaking well, jaw. No that's a manly you, jaw. No, no wonder you she, picked she, a fucker also, scooch. But you know what? Had a she, bunch lo- of, she looks okay in the makeup, except oh for when God. she's trying to kill what's his face. She also had a bunch of dirt on her face. She did. She did. She looked. She was looking like a hobo. But still, 
But still, I mean, it was I was that was very unattractive. But I just don't like I don't I don't, I don't like the other chick. Okay. Mm. Yeah. okay. I do like her when she's the, the hair thing, but that's it. Devo. For me, I am going to f uh, Pris, the sex bot. I will marry Joanna Cassidy Zora, and I will kill Sean Young. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I think that that's I, I predicted that. That was in line with what you said yeah. when we did the Ace Ventura mm-hmm. pod. I actually mm, think Sean yeah, true looked, looked better in the Ace Ventura movie than she does in this. Really? Oh, no. Did yeah. she had a dick? Yeah, I was well, I was uh I was when when I, when, when I was younger and I was like, "Wait, who you you're telling me this woman is the beautiful woman in in Dune? In, in Dune? Not Dune. Uh, was she in Dune? No. She's in Dune, Sean Young. Is she? Was she really? Sean Young's in Dune. I haven't seen that oh, movie in forever. Okay. That's she's Kyle McLaughlin's lady. Oh, you're right. You're right. It is her. Yeah. But I was talking Sean about the movie. Right. Uh, first of all, she was in Stripes, and she was sexy in Stripes. By the way, she was in Stripes. She was sexy in Stripes. She's in Wall She was all up. She was all up in uh, in Egon's junk in that motherfucking movie. Either way, I was still, you know, she's sexy. <laughs> this uh. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Rucker Hauer. Uh-huh. <laughs> we should do an FMK with them. Rutger Hauer, Harrison Ford, and... Uh, <laughs> I have to fuck a man? And Edward James Olmos. Edward Go. James Olmos. <laughs> you motherfuckers. The- it's easy. I'm going to F Rutger Hauer. I'm going to marry Harrison Ford. I'm going to kill Edward James Olmos. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably do the same. This is oh for the ladies God. out there. No comment. The, do you think that Rucker Howard... Oh, you don't want to play? No, uh, I don't. You guys can't. He's scared of sexuality. Wow. You, okay, I see. Do you guys think that Rucker Howard put through a good acting performance in this film? Or do you actually think it's bad? Because I, susp- I feel like either he's trying to act like an odd, strange android, or he just didn't... He just well, delivers some lines really strangely. Well, and I not think good. It, it, it I, could I, also be because he's Swedish. Yeah, yeah, but he well, doesn't. I mean, I ta- think, he doesn't uh, have, seem to have any problems now when he's in movies. When he was in like in Dark Knight and shit, he seemed fine. Well, yeah, because yeah, he's been acting for forty years at that point, and this okay. is like what maybe his second yeah, or third well, Arnold American been acting movie for fifty years, and he didn't. He acts just the same as he did fifty years ago. Well, I think I think it's a little bit above. Some Clint. people are just smarter. I think he's he's like supposed to be playing. Remember, they're like since they're not, they're like they're pretty much humans right and i think it's he's playing a deranged uh overpowered being i mean a, someone that is literally days away from dying you know and who knows who knows what that's doing to his to the, his brain or whatever they have up there you know it could be eating away at yeah. it yeah you see what that you see what happened was with his arm he had to like it like the arm was turning blue and he had to like puncture it to like release the the pressure. Is that what he did there? I don't know what he so, did there. I don't exactly understand what was happening because yeah. it was like seizing up yeah. and like it was it was almost like like rigor mortis. Yeah, and then he punctured his his like arm. And he was like, oh, I feel so much better. Yeah, and which is weird because when he dies, like his body doesn't turn white. Yeah, he just he just falls like. But, down. but I can imagine that's what's happening to like a cerebral cortex, you know. So it's like slowly deteriorating away. And he's becoming more and more deranged and like 
incoherent like how diva was last time and mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. and i guess i guess okay was like the rudger howard like like if you watch our, our podcast for our, our terminator two podcast that's you would understand. highly accurate yes <laughs> i am i am the rucker howard uh but yeah i think that's what it is I, I think he's a good actor i mean i didn't see these other films that I guess there was some like foreign films that Ridley Scott saw him in, and there's like I want I want this guy as this guy for my you know for my movie. That's that's what that's what um, uh, IMDb says. So, I mean, obviously he's a good he's an actor. He's like a thespian. This guy, he is a actor. Uh, um. Okay, let's get into some of the stuff that happened in the film. So the dude from Fifth Element, um, when he was putting the eyeballs on the guy from Big Trouble in Little China's shoulders. Was Rucker Howard trying not to laugh? It looked like it. Maybe. It it really did look like it. I I, don't, I I wonder if it's if Rucker Howard was actually like his character was laughing or I mean he had a huge smile on his face because <laughs> the guy was like flicking he, he did. flicking he was like flicking eyes at the back of John what is it Joe Hong's what's his name um uh well the the Asian guy's head he was like flicking eyeballs at him and shit dude she looked all funny. <laughs> James Hong, yeah, he was like a flicking stuff at James Hong's head. Yeah, and uh, so He's I like leaving leaving the eyeballs he, he, he on the shoulder, right? He was like squeezing them and stuff. So I, it's probably a mixture of both. I mean, it, it was probably a funny scene. Even the guy that was doing it was laughing. <laughs> uh, what's his face? Um, uh, uh, Leon. Uh, Leon. Do you, okay. So when Daryl Hannah shows up at the Sebastian guy's spot. Looking like a fucking crackhead. Would you have let her ass in? No, but since he knew that she was a replicant, that's why he let her in. I think so. Yeah, because she was a sex bot. Well, of course. See, I, well, obviously, I wouldn't let her in because I, I, I should have better known better. But I don't, <laughs> and I, I still don't think at that point he knew she was a replicant. No, I sure think, he did. I think she, she knew that she was playing him, and that she can because she's a sex bot. She could use her sexuality to get what she wants, and. Uh, you know, because even then, there's one point where like he's turning back towards the door, and then like she's gotta be like, "Oh, how do I get in here?" And she's like, "Oh, we scared each other real good, didn't we?" And then like you know, start that little giggle, and then she just straight up asks him, "She's like, do you have any food?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure, come on in." So I think at that point she's like, "All right, like I'm gonna use her sexuality." And there's even like a uh, uh, a hint where um was it uh they have to where Rutger Hauer is trying to uh ask JF to get access to Tyrell and he's like, Oh, I just can't do it. I can't do mm. it. And then he walks out of the room and then, and then, um, Rucker Howard looks at Daryl Hannah, like gives her this look and she just smiles. She's like, okay. And she looks back at where JF is. I think that's when she was go- went to go use her, her sex bot powers to, uh, provide some pleasure just so they can go get Tyrell. Mm. So I don't, when- I don't think it went, I honestly don't think it went that far, but <laughs> yeah, I think he fucked the robot. I don't, I don't think it went that far. So when Edward James almost comes up to Harrison Ford later and tells him that essentially Sean Young's character is like wanted. Uh, and she's like, he, he the, the, and the other guy tells him he has supposed to kill her too. She's like another one they're supposed to kill. Was she, how was she illegal exactly? So was Tyrell making illegal replicants or was she only illegal because she ran away from Tyrell? Um, I think because she was a replicant on Earth, because didn't they, didn't we already establish that replicants weren't allowed on Earth? Yeah. Ne- so well, then Nexus, why did, Ty- ne- why did Tyrell Nexus. make her then? And why didn't Harrison Ford just well, kill her the moment he saw her? 
Okay, so first well, of all, she was a she was a uh, a what what do they call her? An experiment. She yeah. was a and, uh, and it it who knows who knew about her. Yeah, and then it, even then, nobody like. It, it it was clear that only Deckard knew outside Tyrell that she was a replicant. Yeah. She didn't even know that she was a replicant. Yeah. And so it's not like it's not like everybody's like, hey, dude, this guy's got a replicant up here. Let's go do something yeah. about it. And then even still, obviously, it's obvious why it, you know Harrison Ford didn't kill her because he felt feelings. He had yeah, feelings for her. The thing is, is that the the police chief knew. He told no, him to kill her. But but that's after that's after she ran away. So what happened was most likely she ran away. Tyrell's all fucked. She ran away. Just go report her as a as a Nexus Six that that ran, oh, you know, that you. ran away. Yeah, because even after he kills Zora, he's like, "All right, you know, one down, three to go." And then the the chief chief's like, "No, there's four. Yeah, because that chick from Tyrell and Harrison Ford's like, "Oh, damn." Yeah, like so, he like he, he like it was like, "Damn, he knows." Yeah, so he knows. Yeah, that's it's my Ty- Viagra. Yeah, Tyrell, I, I Ty- Tyrell probably you know uh, did like I did a police report or something. I need that replicant pussy. Mm-hmm. Did, mm-hmm. Is Methuselah syndrome a, a real thing? That uh, I, don't know. A, I, have, no, I have no clue. Let me pull out my medical journal here. <laughs> but dude, this little syndrome, that's funny. I'm sure there's something like it's like progeria and shit. But uh, if it is, that kind of sucks. Oh, it's I, it, the first. The only thing that came up on Wikipedia was Blade Runner, so it must be not be a real thing. Uh, the uh, okay, when Harrison goes to Sebastian's house, by the way, it was creepy as fuck. If I go in some house and there's a bunch of moving ass fucking replicants, maybe obviously they are used to them. I would be like, Nah, I'm out. Fuck this. Um, I, I just start blasting. Well, I mean, he had that gun. What the That's hell was what he, he worried about? That's what he fucking did, though. He did start blasting. Uh. Why the fuck did Daryl Hannah, like, attack him, run to the other side of the room, and then do a bunch of flips while Harrison Ford just blasted her? Like, that was the dumbest thing I ever... I can't even... <laughs> it doesn't even well, make any well, fucking sense. She's a sex then, bot, not a battle bot, fool. So she well, was, like, trying to do sexy o- death moves. This doesn't make any sense, Because it's Daryl Hannah. That's the eye candy, so you had to have her at least do some flips or something. It doesn't... And then she just got blasted. Which was dumb as hell. Then <laughs> one of the things I want to know is when she got blasted, why was she all tweaking out like that? Like, yeah, that was pretty loud. It didn't make any sense yeah. because the fucking the other chick, the the assassin bot, she didn't tweak out. She acted like a person. It didn't. I don't understand I don't that. Know. Scene. I, mean, human? I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's artistic. I don't know. Some artistic thing that uh, really Scott wanted to do. I I thought the same thing. She like died like the T one thousand died. She was like ah. You know, yeah, I was exactly, like, yeah. I was like, that's kind of weird. I don't remember that, but maybe it's something that I, I blocked out. So the scene where Harrison, where Rugger Howard dies, and Harrison Ford just sits there and is looking at him. Did you guys think that it was really long? Every time I see, watch this movie, I'm like, why is this scene so long? Like they show Rugger Howard and they show Harrison Ford's face, then then he blinks, and then they show Rugger Howard again. I'm like, why was that like 30, 40, 50, 60 seconds instead of like ten? Well, you could even tell that um, it slowed uh, down. They slow down the frame rate too. Why? So like, for whatever reason, I guess Scott was like, "Hey, this has to be such an impactful scene because mm-hmm. I think the whole point is to to show that um, uh, what's his name uh, Deckard is realizing that there is an actual humanity to these replicants um, because I mean, Rucker Howard essentially saves Deckard. Yeah. 
um, and then has that very insightful and in-depth, um, you know, hum- human-like conversation with him, even though, you know, Decker doesn't say anything. And then he's like, I got to go back and I got to get my lady, you know, and his replicant is laying in bed and he basically gives her a 69 kiss and it's like, all right, let's get out of here. Yeah. The thing, the funny thing about that, I always felt was, it was long, though. I always felt it was long. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Even even as a kid, even as a kid, I yeah. thought. I mean, as a kid, I felt it was longer, and it was kind of disappointed that you know Harrison Ford didn't pull out his blaster and and hand shot first him and shit. You know, <laughs> um, you thought he was gonna kill her. You thought that was on the table in that moment. No, 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 not 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 her. When Rutger Hauer's character, I thought it was disappointing that he didn't blow him up. Oh, I'm just, was supposedly I'm just I, I'm just disappointed we never got to see uh, Sean Young just naked riding Harrison Ford or just riding herself or I don't know just <laughs> just, just, just Sean Young naked just Sean Young naked that's that's the whole the, thing. Uh, you know when he asks her when he goes and he pulls a sheet off her he goes, uh, "Do you love me?" And I the, I could not help but one but like scream out loud like how, like I don't even that whole idea that they're in love is just poorly executed. It is. I think it's ridiculous. Is it just because he she saved his life? Yeah, no. I, I don't think they really did a clear job with that because even their sex scene was very awkward. Uh. It was like, oh, no, I thought it was like, dude, I, I super was rapey, like, dude. Border, was, did you? Yeah, I, was I was gonna, gonna say, say it's borderline rape. I was like, is that like? I don't think that would. I would be able to do. You, they'd be able to do that in this film, this film industry now because that was really. Nowadays, that was yeah. really cringy. Well, and I'm like, I was like, what the hell is Harrison oh, Ford dude. doing here? I mean, I know, it, I know she's like a so slave rapey. robot, and I'll, yeah, it was. She's I like was, a, I was not turned on yeah. at all. No, th- that was it. Was really weird. It made me. Really it was really weird. And I, had, I had he was forgotten like, he was about like, tell it. Me you, tell me, you want me to touch? What my touch? Whatever. And I was like, that's. I, I don't. Well, but if you look at it, if, if he's if he's also a robot, it makes it a little bit different, though, doesn't I, it? I I guess if they're both robots, but he's a power bot. Yeah, he's a power. <laughs> this one, the fucking guy. He has a jackhammer for a penis. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what the fucked up part is? I don't know if you guys got this, but the the music, the saxophone, or whatever the fuck it is. Oh my god, it sounds so bad. It really made it sound like it was like a porn movie. Am I wrong? <laughs> the eighties for you, baby. That's the, like you mean the like the 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 main theme song from this damn fucking film? Yeah, <laughs> that that it's saxophone horrible. solo. Yeah, like, you know, it, I like it because of the I love the film and it it does it gets a very noir type type movie and that there's a lot of that type of weird you know uh, sensual saxophone in these in these mystery <laughs> movies right and shit right. <laughs> So it felt I, I understand what you're saying, but f- for a thematic point of view, I think it's a great piece for the movie. But I mean, for someone that like Clint, that unless it's like fucking you know Tool while he's pounding away, I, I understand. You know, you motherfucking bastard. Uh, so okay, <laughs> my, my 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 rap. My last thing to say was that. Uh, one of the things that I thought was, I don't know, iconic in the film is when Rucker Howard walks into Tyrell's office and he says, you know, it's not an easy thing to meet your maker. And then yeah. they have that conversation and it ends with Rucker Howard basically just punching mm. Tyrell's eyeballs out. Gouging his eyes out. Gouging yeah. his eyeballs out. And I just thought that that was so fucking brutal. And I always wondered, I didn't know how to process that scene because it was like, the sun or the the creature create uh, killing the creator you know a frankenstein uh, you know a, a, a dr frankenstein type story or whatever it is i just thought that that scene was just one of the most powerful scenes in the film and i don't obviously they don't show it in promotional materials because it's too graphic but 
I love I love the conversation. I love the interchange between them. And I just every time I watch it, it just seems so crazy that he actually went and killed Tyrell the way that he did. Uh, what did you guys think of it before we wrap up? Yeah, I think that's just to go to the show the the savagery of of Roy Batty and just how far he's willing to go to save him and his kind. Um, you know, once he once he got the dead end from the man that made him and basically got the middle finger, uh, you know, he realized what his future held and was he was going to go out in a blaze of glory, which he, yeah. uh, I mean, I guess kind of did. You know, he, I think I think. I think it's like I agree with Diva, but not not savagery. I think it was he finally fell into the despair that he knew eventually was going to happen. Like he, he, there was no hope. He knew no that hope. there was no hope, and the man that he saw the man that not all he saw. He even called him father, right? Yep. And he called him father. The man that made him did. made him and his, I guess, kin or people. The way they are is he's the, the, his kind. He's the, kind. The, the, the reason why they're like this is the man's here. The only man that could have saved them is the man that originally implemented their doom. Yeah. You know? And uh, I think it was out of despair, knowing that there's no hope anymore. So, I, I think I, I, I he, he, Tyrell had to die. Either way. I mean, he was an asshole. Obviously. And what he did to Sean Young character is an asshole. I yeah. I mean, the moral of the story is don't make fucking robots. Yeah. Don't make fucking robots. Uh, I'll take I'll, I'll take a uh, Sean Young unless sex for sex. <laughs> yeah, sex I'll still take the Sean Young sex robot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. That uh, let's give our let's give our number. Let's give our our rating. Actually, let's give our rating. Uh, I the Gooch. This is the Gooch's rating. I give it a I give it a seven point five, and not because I don't think it's a good film. I just don't. I think. That it's so hardcore sci-fi that it's the reason why people may not like it. Even like like sci-fi explosion people might probably won't like this film because it's just so more in depth and more intellectual and whatnot. So for the reasons yeah. for the reasons why we spoke in this in this uh, this podcast, I uh, I give it a hard eight. Um, it is a thinking man sci-fi movie. Um, if you are intelligent like me, you will truly appreciate it. Um, and plus, you get some <laughs> very beautiful Joanna Cassidy mm. in here. Um, so it's all good things. Uh, I give it a six. I think okay. I don't like this movie. Every time I watch this movie, I don't like it as much as I thought I remember liking it. <laughs> and especially after watching Blade Runner twenty twenty forty nine, which I would give a, a lot higher rating. I, I just think that this movie's good, but. Not as good as I hoped it would be, and it's fun to watch, but would I watch this one just because? Probably not very much. Yeah. So there you have yeah, it. Yeah, this is the kind of movie, like, like you're not going to want to, like, put it on repeat and watch it, like, over and over and over. Like, it, it for me, it's going to be, like, a once and maybe a every couple of years sort of consumption. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, there you have it. That was the Social Deviance take on Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Oh, they say you Blade Runner. You say a Blade Runner. All right, have a better one. Say you Blade Runners. Oh shit, my mic.